0: was just saying to shy that i am apologizing for appearing so unprofessional this morning but i'm gonna take a page out of your podcast and be compassionate with myself and say it's okay becky sometimes we can't we can't do everything and we have to do our best and this is you're showing up and doing your best and that's all right you know love it
1: as an older brother i want you to know all i ever ask of my sisters is just that they arrive they don't have much more to do for this podcast than arrive. Here we are and welcome to another Episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. My voice is extra low and romantic today because today we are going to talk about love. We have with us the amazing relationship expert, Molly Eliasoff. I pronounced it right, Molly, correct? You got it. A podcast host, a therapist, a relationship guru, is going to not only analyze the three siblings and some of our love lives, but she is going to analyze some fictitious couples. And you know how much we care about those relationships, those ships, as we say, how emotional I get about some of them. And we're going to ask for her advice. Welcome, Molly. It is great to have you here.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chop up and think about all these relationships, but no formal analysis is happening. Nothing strictly out of my mouth is ever therapy, unless I am in a setting that's therapy, just throwing that out there. But I'm excited to talk all things love and relationships for sure.
1: That 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 is a really good point. We don't want to. Becky is the only one who gives unsolicited, unqualified medical advice on this that show. you
0: must <laughs> take. If but she is not advice, a medical professional at all.
1: So Molly, before we get into, we're gonna just jump in in a moment. But but. We're, Tell the audience where they I, I usually do this at the end, but I want to do this at the top because once this gets going, everyone's gonna be listening to all of your stuff all the time and booking you for <laughs> appointments. What are the shows that you host and where can people catch you? Because uh your relationship that's why I heard you giving relationship advice. And so I was like, we need this person.
2: <laughs> for sure. So I'm at more with Molly. Uh Molly spelled M-O-L-L-I-E on Instagram the best place to find me I talk about everything that I'm doing there but that's the same name as a podcast more with Molly M-O-L-L-I-E. um so you can check me out there where I talk about all things that we can do to improve and enhance our lives so that's our love life our ability to feel strong in ourselves and our business um, and then on Clubhouse if you're there I host a intentional morning setting three days a week so you can find me at clubhouse same same name uh, and uh, yeah I look forward to connecting
1: absolutely all right so let's yeah. start let's get into it i love that my sisters when we started writing the outline for this the first question was all right who's got a story about their husband or wife and uh i i don't know who's gonna go first becky or Me. lily lily okay lily yeah lily, <laughs> t up the Billy setting has the for most molly stories. as to what okay. where, what 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 is going on molly, for you in life
3: i am a jewish canadian american love okay daughter of a guy from Brooklyn and a woman who's Cuban but grew up in Puerto Rico yet was raised in Canada I am married to a guy from Barcelona so Spaniard who who we live in the Canary Islands because he's a surfer and he's a professional martial artist and he's very Spanish and and um, converted to Judaism and yes he converted to Judaism and I converted to Spain So I live here and he's Jewish. And um, about 10 months ago, um, my parents got stuck here during the pandemic. So they live with us now and it's been 10 months. Um, They are going to go home soon, relatively soon, in in about two months, but that will have made it about a year. And so my husband lives with his in-laws and, um, luckily everybody gets along really, really well, but the other night, and like this has so many layers. So I'm just going to really give you a lot to chew on here. The other night I'm in bed with my husband, we have a newborn too. And so our, our little baby's not sleeping and a four-year-old and a four-year-old, a yeah, four-year-old and a and newborn. And, you know, we're like whispering like before bedtime and he turns to me, he's like, you know, like, I don't, Hey, like, I don't want to complain but I just want to let you know, your mom keeps like putting your dad's underwear in my like clothes pile. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, probably. Like he, she probably mixed them up. He's like, yeah, and you know, like, they're just like a little bit tight. <laughs> and, and I go, well, you had to wear them. I think you could have just returned them. And he's like, well, hey, yeah, you know, I don't have clean underwear. I don't mind. I just wanted to let you know. Maybe you want to let her know. <laughs> and I was like, I can't go to sleep now. <laughs> I furiously texted the story to Becky and Shy, <laughs> and I was like, now I cannot sleep. So that I feel just kind of like represents the last ten months of my life. Um, but that's a story about my husband. <laughs>
1: Molly so, love it. Oh, this is, this <laughs> doesn't even come with a question. Lily's just There's a, no question.
0: It's just that this just, is this is the blanket. It's statement. rhetorical. My my no. th- I have a question. I have a question. Sure. I, got, I got two little kids, one and three. We are in like a couple of weeks. We are moving out of our house, which you can only imagine is like so much work to prepare the house and go through every single last thing we own and just it's a lot a lot of work in the midst of all this in a pandemic when I'm at home and all the time with the kids working from home and we're dealing with the house my husband is going to go on a three-day surf trip so here's my question is he the worst or am I the best which one is it Oh
2: my God! There's so much in all of what just happened in the last like five minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, first of all, let me backtrack because because Lily, like, let me just make a comment. If that is if that is your husband's biggest complaint, like you're you're in a good sh- you're in good shape right now. Like that's that's great. That's great.
3: We're that's
2: not, the bad. <laughs> um, not
3: bad. Should he be wearing oh. my dad's underwear? That's up
0: for debate.
2: <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. I don't know if I'm qualified yeah. to talk about that.
3: <laughs> oh my God. Um,
2: Becky, I, I love this. Uh, you're never the worst for ever wanting needs and neither is he. Uh, the question is how you navigate that together is really just the key. So if you've already given the a you're given the a OK, right? But all you can do is express yourself like, Hey, here are my logistical concerns. I know that you like, don't check your phone while you're surfing. I know that things have been crazy with the kids. I know I'm going to need packing stuff i don't know <laughs> you know like new more boxes and stuff and, and i don't know how to move around that so um just having open communication before he goes this is where i'm at this is where i think i'm gonna freak out while you're away and this is what i'm gonna <laughs> need from you while you're away um so that he can show up and actually like do his part even if it's while surfing
3: on the beautiful waves <laughs> this I
1: very feel more, i you. feel more relaxed having heard that like I, me too. Like <laughs> like now Shy, and I, and, I got shy and
3: I are
0: better equipped
3: to deal yeah. with those three days. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so well, I know I
0: just I just think like what it what it what it's helpful with is being like it's okay for my partner to have needs and to honor those, but like I'm but I still have like space in that conversation. It's not just about him. It's like, okay, well then there's a balance and then how are you gonna take care of me while you're not here? So, and it kind of like gives me permission hearing a professional say that gives me permission to be like, okay, well here are like the three things or the five things I need from you. Because sometimes it feels like, oh, if I'm giving my person their thing, I can't complain.
1: Wait, Becky, here's the, wait, Molly said vice versa. There's the, there's the part for Vlad too.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there was, there's a small caveat, right? Like, so he can like, you know, not only go on this trip and be, which I think is such a gift that you're giving him, you know, but also like, what does he need on that trip? to reset so that way if you're giving him these three days where you're going to kind of be under more stress and duress and that was the agreement so he could reboot what does he actually need to reboot so when he shows up he's there more for you and mm-hmm. more as himself you know so if you give him three to five things how does he also announce three to five things and then you just have to kind of work together to find what the middle grounds are when those two things conflict you know like if you're like i want you to have phone access available 24 four seven. He's like well when i'm surfing i can't have a little Bluetooth right. in my ear you know like then you kind of chop up and figure out where is the middle road for both of you together. So helpful.
0: Thank you. I feel like we're off <laughs> to but, start here.
1: All right. Awesome. Now let's, now let's talk about we've, I mean, in general, people are navigating quarantine 10 months at this point with their partners. Some people in, in good relationships that are getting stronger and some with, are, that are having harder times um, at, for whatever reason, what, What's your sort of like base level, your, your one thing, or maybe your two things that you say to every couple, whether they're high functioning or low functioning as they navigate, um, uh, 10 months of pandemic together.
2: Okay. So know what you need to cope. So when I say that, I mean, like, what do you need to manage your own self, not even the relationship? So is that like quiet time? Is that walks? Is that fitness? Is that healthy food? Is that quality time with lots of giggles and not quality time just stressful? What do you actually need to cope and manage your own self to be your best self for your partnership and just in the, in the home and in the relationship, especially if you have kids going out, like, what do you need to manage? Um, Number two is how do you communicate about what you not only need from the interaction with your partner, but what you need from the space when you're not with your partner. So kind of similar to what we were talking about before, it's like, what do I need when we do connect with one another to feel like we're flourishing? And then when we step away from one another, how can you respect what it is that I need? And I can respect what it is that you need. So you're able to rebound and be your best self when you show back up for each other.
1: Everyone's just like, mind
0: blown. Well, I think, I no, I think what's hard is like that's it's very, it's very practical advice and seems so obvious when somebody says it out loud to you. But I think what I, like what I have a hard time with is giving myself permission to do things that are just for myself and to not Hmm. feel guilty during that time and to not feel rushed during that time that I have to get back to the family or I have to do this or I have to do that and saying like, I can have a couple of hours where I'm not organizing or cleaning or putting the kids clothes away or like, you know, cause I feel like every moment I'm awake, I need to be doing something productive for other people in my house. And so it's just it. And I think it just, it takes practice, you know, it's just like practicing, you know, the habit of.
1: See, you gotta get, myself. you gotta be sorting yeah. more of mom and dad's mail and producing a podcast <laughs> for your siblings. So you can be doing things for people outside of your house. Also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If only I, if, don't worry don't worry I'll, i'm sure I, i'm sure i'll get there
1: soon I, I, i'm still receiving like all of their their like health care checks
3: yeah i i, I will really be returning up, them to you soon <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um becky i'm really glad that you brought that up because i think you know everything that i talk about can be super macro and what's really hard is like actually implementing, you know, and I think when we get to the nitty-gritty about our own truth, our own narrative, that's where like all the implementation challenges show up. So right, feeling of guilt might be one thing, feeling of patience. I've heard a lot of like frustration as I'm feeling that is popping up for people, not just in this call, but like just in general with people that I work with. So I think it's about how do you get what you need, but also understanding the barriers that come in the way of that so that you're able to cope and manifest uh, and manage it. Right. So for example, with guilt and thinking about stepping away and needing to be productive also trying to think about that whole like oxygen mask metaphor right like if you want to be able to show up fully how are you able to give yourself the reboot that you need to you know um be the best you possible and this goes for like everyone listening you know it's like if we want to try and do it all for our family we have to remember that we can't and that's why we have a partner or if we're alone parenting that's why. You know we need to do things in the recovery moments even when going to the bathroom we're splashing water in our base to show up more for our kids when we come back into the space so I'm really glad that you brought that up. I I hope we keep going into like nitty gritty examples. I think we have more coming so we can talk about it. And in fact, we're
1: going to move into the realm of, of fictitious pop culture characters because this podcast promises people not to do anything timely or important. And uh, we already just did some timely and important things. So we better, we better segue soon. Let's, so let's just talk before we, before we give some couple advice, let's just take a moment. Molly specializes in, uh, I don't know if it's celebrity couples, but you specialize in high functioning people who are couples, right? Like, like isn't that one of your specialty areas?
2: High powered professionals. So celebrities, like award-winning performers, athletes, um, CEOs, you know, lawyers, doctors, et cetera.
1: So, so now we're going to name, just talk through some of our favorite relationships, like fictitious relationships of all time. Later we'll go in and we'll get some advice for some of the other ones, but I'm just going to talk about, I'm going to start by talking some of my favorites of all time and why. And and then, you know, Molly, if you want to like weigh in at different times, because I'm sure you've heard of like 10% of these, which will also make it kind of funny. So my first one, my most important one is Ang and Katara from the last Airbender series. These are two people who at the age of 13 were refugees and fought their way across the earth essentially to unite a kingdom and depose a despot and while they might have they might have dropped into the friend zone at different times, at the very last minute of the stories, you realize these two were really meant together. And Ang's playfulness and Katara's serious type A ness, and his um, and his uh, uh, chosen one sort of status, um, is balanced so beautifully by everything that Katara brings to the table, and the fact that they ended up together um, has always like. That was that was I was stressed that they might not end up, end up together until they did. And then they go on to have uh, three beautiful children who would themselves in future generations help uh, the future Avatar. Cora, who is um, uh, also one of our favorite characters and her, her relationship with Asami, which is only revealed at the very, very last seconds and implied because of, you know, the uptight world, not um, uh, wanting to have same sex uh, relationships in a cartoon for children, um, uh, but they actually were, were groundbreaking in that sense. But Cora and Asami is amazing. Um, uh, another relationship that really uh, means a lot to me and has been developed beautifully in the subsequent books. Um, and here you have Cora, who's kind of like all physical and Asami very cerebral. And I love their relationship um, so much. And then David Rose and Patrick on Schitt's Creek, um, when they when the mo- when they get together and and specifically when David sings the Tina Turner song, um, uh, the best to him. It's when he the that. Yeah, that is such best. a great. That's when such he, a great. He, Wait, he Molly, do
3: you it? not watch Schitt, Schitt's Creek? I don't really watch TV them.
1: So, <laughs> so
0: if
2: you're gonna
3: TV watch yet. if you're so, gonna watch one thing, this might be the thing.
1: So David Rose is this very privileged kid who ends up they lose everything and he and he lives in this town and he ends up eventually learning business skills from this other guy, Patrick, and they fall in love. But the process of them falling in love is so beautiful and letting their guard down and being vulnerable with each other, but also being business partners and and, and helping each other is just um uh wonderful in this very small town um and then my all-time favorite probably is Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec Leslie Nope is a former public servant myself Leslie Nope and her super nerdy REM loving uh boyfriend uh Ben Wyatt like to me they the two of them are if i married like two ver- two parts of my personality ended up together is why i love them <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love it, and I'm obsessed with them. That is the that is the one out of all of them that I know, and I'm okay. obsessed with that oh. whole story. <laughs> That's, a That's great, Good, That's a, great a great one.
1: They're a great couple, and yeah. And all right, Lily, who are your favorite ones? Lily especially not, likes Star Crossed. What
3: exactly? What, what, what's my thing about couples? Fictional couples is the more star-crossed, the better. um And is there Becky? a greater star love story and I mean like these two put Romeo and Juliet to shame I know there is no better than Jamie and Claire from no one better than Jamie and Claire and And if you don't like number. you can read the book like you could read like I read the first book if you read the first book you don't need to watch the show the
1: question is is do you that
3: book is like you can't stop
1: like frontier medicine time travel And old English Um, romance,
3: the greatest. I mean,
0: (laughs) that's just like I mean, it's like a triple threat. Shy. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Jamie and Claire. Okay, just in case there's a small
3: chance you might ever read the books, or or even just the first book, or watch it. I'm not gonna get too deep, but I will just say, across literal like two people who are so meant together to be together
0: that like 200 time, years insep- time nor space, space could se- could keep them apart them. they would find okay. a way to be together
3: right and it's like very intense so jamie and claire mm-hmm. in the number one spot and then um also very star-crossed across very like a gigantic story also a book becky recommended to me but it is a famous movie. Oh, okay, like, how book. many books
1: are we talking about on this show at this
3: point? <laughs> Shy doesn't like to read. Um, <laughs> but these are all actual, like, been turned into audiovisual material, Shy. So, um, The Princess Bride's Couple, Wesley and Buttercup. Like, honestly, of course, I saw the movie before I read the book,
0: because, hello. And so then Becky was like, you I mean, you really should read I the book. The it's really book, good. I think the book might have even come out after the movie. I'm not sure which one is first. No, I think the I think movie the, is,
3: the book is first.
0: Then, okay, I don't know.
3: I don't know. But those two, like, again, star-crossed, meant to be. They spent really a lot across. of
1: time arguing and insulting each other, which I feel like.
3: So did Jamie and Claire. Fire, <laughs> shy. Gotta have fire and passion. So do me and my husband. That's like weird. most people think we're fighting and it's just a normal talking volume for us. So and then and then I'll I'll, I'll let Becky go more into but, this. By one, the way, but when you're
1: speaking of fighting, my sisters laugh because they make fun of like my wife.
3: I love you more. Oh, no, I love you more. No, don't I love you anything. more. That's... No, don't yell. shy. don't yell at me. I'm so sorry. I love you. <laughs> That's them fighting. (laughs) Whereas like in my house, things get thrown. So it's like a very big juxtaposition. Um, and then I'll leave like coach and Tammy for Beck because that was on your list, and you're the one that recommended those that show to me. Um, those are like hashtag couple goals, Tammy and and Coach Eric. And then my other one, I think that like I, I can't not put on the list is Monica and Chandler from Friends, who Started off as friends, and they're not star-crossed, but like there was some, you know, drama them getting together, and ultimately, like the best friend marriage.
1: They're the better yeah. couple on that show; like they win that show. Whereas Ross yeah, and Rachel and Mike are pretty good. Day, too. I'm like, Ugh. are Ross and Rachel even still together? But my, Monica and Chandler, unstoppable. So, yeah. Um. So, so in
0: so I I didn't want to repeat any of what you guys said, but I do totally agree. But some of my other couples include Chuck and Sarah which I will go into again later. And just to say that the reason I love that from Chuck, the reason why I love Chuck from the show Chuck is because it's proof that the nice guys do get the girls. Like the nice guy gets the girl. And, And I think that's just a great example of someone being like a good person were two good people coming together and like and they bring you know, out
1: good things in each other.
0: They bring, yeah they bring good things in each other and like she's presumably out of his league but like no when you're it's about values right and I feel like for those two it's about like they're both good people anyway so Chuck and Tara and I love I love the evolution of their love story it's so well done next one is a new one Rayla and Callum from the Dragon Prince because. It's complicated, but this is this, this is very. Like cartoon and anim, right? animated series.
3: <laughs> okay, this is like <laughs> Shia and Becky's thing.
0: But like Lily loves the Star Crossed no Lover situation. they they Lily loves the Star Crossed Lover situation. They are from two different races. Races like not even just like. Yeah, Not like species? races, like species. all people are
1: human. Yeah, they're different species. No,
0: like t- two different species. species, basically, that are at war and hate each other. And they're, you know, and they come together and have a shared purpose. And from that, their love grows. And all I'm going to say is he literally grows magical wings for her to save her like something that's impossible for humans to do so i'm just saying like when you are really in love you can you can you're selling this to me you're selling yeah oh yeah love
1: the transcend like he is able to transcend the previously thought limits of his quote-unquote species to protect her. her
0: Yeah. Um really and she's Arbato. in general
1: the one that's protecting him, which is also the best part. Yeah, like it's he's adorable. He's very meek. It reminds
0: me she, kind of of like the yeah, in, in like in Force Awakens of like Ray and and, and Finn, where she's she, and, and like, and he's he's and like protecting yeah, Jack and Sarah, Right. Oh yeah. Right. Um uh coach coach uh coach and Tammy Taylor, which I don't if you haven't seen Friday Night Lights. I mean That's another that one. one oh my god. People really and, do talk about couple goals. And I think the reason that's important is because for your profession, a, I think it's a cool show to watch it's the, it's the right. adult it's the adult couple goals you know I think a lot of the ones we've mentioned but or maybe it reminds me a bit of, of um, Leslie and Ben Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt because it's like it's a very adult relationship and it's like oh I want to have that kind of adult relationship one day and then another newer one is from normal people Connell and Marianne because Ooh.
3: That's very intense. Oh, it's so but intense. That's...
0: But the reason it's an important one is because it's, really it's about how love and your first love helps you grow as a person. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be together forever, but what you take away from a relationship and how you can better yourself from a relationship. Not every relationship has to be like damaging and traumatic, but it could be about like growth and change and and moving forward to the next phase in your life and that's really what you take away from that and it's so beautiful so those are mine
1: how about you molly um, now we know do, do, are there any in oh boy in pop culture that stand out to you or are there any that we describe that you, you know, may like, include oh, books like, even I'd though like it shines against both. or maybe
0: I, like real? don't
1: you,
3: you <laughs> <can't talk laughs> about and i was like in real life <laughs> <that>. <laughs>
1: Or, or, or maybe, maybe there's like ones that we listed where you're like, I would love to work with these couples and bring them to the next level.
2: <laughs> well, you know, what I kept thinking about when you guys were sharing, and I, I don't mean to get too like serious. This is just part of how the brain works a little bit. It's like, what, and you guys talked about this a little bit. It's like, what is so appealing about each one of those love stories to you, right? And so when I was thinking about like, who are my couples? Who are the couples that stand out to me? Or can I even name anyone in a TV show or movie that's a couple outside of what you've named? You know, I was like, well, what comes to me is more couples with drama that's not the couples that I aspire to. It's just what makes it good TV or movie, right? So it's really interesting to think about like what pulls us into characters um, versus aspiration versus like, you know, what's just enticing and interesting. You know, so for me, the drama is so interesting because like that's part of what I help heal, right? Like I like to see the problem manifest itself so I can think about the resolution. Um, but for sure, out of everyone that you named, like, Leslie and Ben are like uh, such, they have a warm spot in my heart. That was when I was watching more TV for sure. Um, But the evolution of their relationship is really interesting because it's so real. Like it's so real that they end up being parents and you could see that window as well as like when they just are first meeting one another. So it's really cool that you could see like the trajectory of what real kind of messy, not always sexy Love is like all the time. And they also just do such a beautiful job infusing it, like support to one another consistently that it's just really heartwarming. And they like constantly are crushing on each other as like dorky and ridiculous as they're being, which is adorable.
1: That is funny. That is true. Leslie's, sure. Leslie's, Leslie's like goofy things she says about Ben's cuteness are always so so adorable <laughs> all right let's talk about some couples i wouldn't say they're couples in trouble but these are couples we're going to describe the premise of a of a particular this is like couple therapy not real therapy fake therapy couples advice sort of not whatever you want to call
0: it
1: analysis and insights. not
0: analysis
1: lily's going to set up our first one lily Great. Set it up and try to set it up. This one less rhetorically and with a specific question. <laughs>
3: so, okay, very specific question. A couple. Um, do I do I not say like their names? Just give say, them their names. say their names. Say
1: their names because people are going to want to know the context. And some people. Who
3: anybody listening to this besides Molly will know the context because <laughs> everybody knows who these people are. I'm am a, I'm no, a grandma. Molly.
2: Like like that. That's right. really that's the truth. <laughs>
3: okay. Like honestly, um okay. So there is a couple. They've been together, Becky, you correct me if I make any mistakes. They've been together for like two years. Yeah, less. about two years. Yeah. About two years. He was in Supposed love with her. Supposed
0: to say, are you not saying their names?
3: No, I'm not saying he their names like, yet. It doesn't matter. Let's keep them anonymous. Billy loves
0: a slow reveal. Oh. Okay. Oh, my God. He,
3: he, he has been in love. He it was in love with her like all of high school. He's a bit older than her. But like never told her. And then finally they get together. And it's like this big emotional thing. And they're together for about two years. She gets a new job. He's very jealous of her coworker and her like work situation and starts acting like a really big baby and being very possessive. And so she kind of gets sick of it and they go on a break. What she calls a break. And during that break, she requests the break. They go uh, on this break, and during that period of time, no, which not during the period, the first night of the break, oh, right. the only right night they, of the break. Right, exactly. Because the next day she regrets the break yeah. and wants to get back together. Right. So, on this break, this, like when she initiates the break, he lives with somebody else. Then the next day, I guess she regrets the break and wants to get back together and their relationship is basically destroyed over the fact that he slept with somebody else, but he constantly just claims, but we were on a break. I yep. think you know who yep. it is. okay,
2: cool. This one I got. <laughs> Cause I watched more TV as a teenager. So this one I was right. teen- this, this, this is the this biggest
3: question. <laughs> yeah. Were they on a break? <laughs> Uh, how do you recommend couples going on a break? Ross and Rachel, Ooh, specifically.
2: That's a, that's a really good question. And part two, how they dealt with that dialogue is the other thing that I want to talk about. So number one, if you're going to go on a break in a relationship, you really need to be super specific about the guidelines. So I've helped a lot right. of couples in this situation before <laughs> where they don't really want to get separated or divorced, but they're feeling like they're edging towards that. And the only solution they can come up with that allows them to be together without taking any kind of like legal next steps is to live separately or take a break in whatever that looks like. Now, if both people are not 100% aligned with what that means, so are we dating other people? Are we sleeping with other people? How much are we talking or not talking? Are we living in the same home or are we not? Like how much are we sharing about each other's inner lives and just lives in the day to day? It's so important because then you guys are at least synced up on what the ground rules are. And everyone knows that like we are respecting what those things are and knows what to anticipate because I think one of the scariest things for people on a break is like the what ifs well what if they're doing da, 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 like seeing someone else right. learning with someone else etc what if they realize they don't need me all these other things if that's not communicated about ahead of time you're so preoccupied with that that you're not giving yourself the space to actually think about the relationship in general and what you need inside it's a wasted break, a hundred percent. Beautifully said. Um, and the other piece, what was I going to share with you? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on my brain. Um, how he talked about the break is the biggest. <laughs> is the biggest tell hurdle us, for the break. Yeah, because the defensive response served no purpose. Whether he thought it was legit or not should not matter because she was hurting and felt a betrayal. And if he wanted the relationship to repair rather than getting defensive by saying, but I was in the right, because that's not bringing you guys closer together, really tending to her by being like, I wanna understand how you're feeling and I wanna understand how we move through this moment of betrayal together. Absolutely, did I take action on something immediately? Yes. Do I have to own that I did something that hurt you? Yes. And now I wanna understand what you need from me so we can move past the chapter of hurt and reunite together.
3: Which which explains many episodes later when she writes that like both I think it's together, 12, pages, 12 back pages, pages,
0: front and back, back like front, front and back, and back. single, safe, single safe. And, and he falls
3: asleep reading it. And in the yeah. morning, she's like, Did you read my note? And he's like, Of course I did. And in the note, basically he has he's admitting that he was wrong and like they that's not what the break man or whatever and then when he you know realizes that it means he's admitting wrong then he takes it all back had he just gone with it and admitted it then they would have been fine yeah
2: and if I was working with this couple this fictitious couple (laughs) I would go into the weeds with her as well that like right and wrong is not what's important So for her, this is what she gets fixated on is I need, you know, admission of guilt. And on some level, that is definitely an important piece with betrayal. But the bigger question needed to be him owning, I have betrayed the way you feel. I have betrayed the trust in our dynamic, even if we had agreed that this wouldn't be a betrayal. You still feel betrayed. And
3: that's the most important. That's complicated. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. Amazing. Well, All thank right. you. All right. Up next. I feel
3: like we put to bed the like <laughs> massive debate of the 90s. Yeah,
1: this is big. This is <laughs> we drop. We <laughs> buried the lead there. All right. So I'm going to talk quickly about Chuck and Sarah. Chuck and Sarah. Chuck was a kind of a nerdy guy. Thought he was out of his league. Sarah's a super spy who is who who ends up being his guardian. He ends up becoming a super spy too. They go through tons of trauma together and fall massively in love and right at the resolute... This is a spoiler anyone who hasn't watched Chuck. Right okay. at the end... Right, yeah, mute, yeah, Lily, you have to close yours. Right at the end of the show, after they save the world and they're finally going to be together because you know you just want them to have some happiness, her memory is erased. And the show ends with... what
0: chills. I just got the sad show chills ends again. with
1: them... Him recounting the entire story of their relationship and her having no recollection, but but hoping that they will still be together. Now, I would say the, the real life version of this is that like couples who are deeply in love and, and some sort of traumatic brain injury or or medical thing happens. And and, w- and so the question I have is where do you where does a couple go from there where one of them's memory is literally erased and the other one has to go ahead and kind of rebuild that? Um, I will yeah. also say
3: that Shy really likes 50 first Dates.
1: Yeah. 50 so, like, days. my thing, thing
3: might be Star Crossed Lovers. Shy thing thing is like couples with memory problems. So this is a thing. No, it's nerdy really who answer. married someone
1: out of their league. That's what. That's.
3: But then one of them, but then because the that's girl what I can't remember why she likes the nerdy guy. That's <laughs> that, literally the same story. That,
1: that's fair. Um, so what do you recommend for a couple that's gone through some sort of like medical trauma that, that is that is yeah. hindering the bait what what like what's the basis of the relationship? The experience or those two souls that are just meant to be together?
2: Okay, so oh my god, so much. So that's really intense. And also makes me think ready. I have one reference, like Amy and Rory, like a little Doctor Who is in my back pocket. Do you guys you don't none of you are Doctor Who people?
1: No, 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 that's definitely a bunch of, I've seen like a little bit of Doctor Who, but never been like, I mean, like I know who the different doctors are. But please
3: share the reference. I love the the new Doctor, well, the girl Doctor. I I haven't
2: seen the new Doctor as much. I only like so two episodes, but Amy and Rory, I'm not, they're not an ideal, yeah, yeah. They're not an ideal love story um, in my mind, but one thing that happens early on in their, in their season Is that she totally forgets who he is, like a hundred percent? So this is like the same kind of narrative, and he is like undying in his love for her, and so it's just anyway. Go watch (laughs) that if you want another reference that's just like this. Um, So I think it is a really big, challenging thing. This is also something that would happen, like if one person got Alzheimer's, right? Like, how are you going to stay dedicated and committed, and how do you want to really keep showing up for that relationship and that person? And that's really individual in terms of the decision. You know, how much Chuck really continues to pursue them facilitating and strengthening their bond versus accepting that there's a loss there. He loves the person that was and doesn't want to attend to this person as much. That's usually not what ends up happening, right? Usually there's a fight for repairing the bond or even just staying close to that person because they mean so much. So I think it's really important to like honor and nurture your own memories if you're in shock, right? So you're jotting things down, you're recording, you're remembering so that you know you're not alone. And you also don't feel like things... Slip away from you as you move through things, that you have a ton of patience for yourself that you're showing up for this other person, whether or not you're going to get any kind of reciprocation. Um, and that third, like you hold on to your purpose, right? If the purpose is to like have feelings of these loving moments and reconnecting them with that other person, then it's going to take a lot of energy and patience. It's going to take a lot of just committing to the fact that you want to show up each day to be next to her, to be next to the relationship, to get any inch closer. And that may be all you get. And if that is what you choose, then that is a a very tireless and beautiful journey.
1: Okay. Well, uh, that's (laughs) like- That feels feels very appropriate
0: to Chuck because I feel like Chuck Mm -hmm. would tirelessly show up for Sarah. So that makes perfect sense.
1: Also, like the other solution could be they make a damn Chuck movie where the whole purpose is restoring her memories. I mean, like, can we just do that already? All right. My other one is (laughs) this is this is a a couple, you know, um, uh, this is this is going to get deep too. you know, Han. He's a scoundrel, had a lot of lovers across the years, not really a joiner. Leia, an idealist fighting as a rebel for a cause, a politician herself. They end up joining together in a fight against evil, fall in love, uh, although they're constantly fighting. They have a kid. That kid turns out to be a bit of a bad seed, murders all of the Jedis and joins, joins the Force First Order. Um, although he is eventually redeemed um, uh, when he initially when he initially uh, murders all the Jedis and joins the bad side, Han's reaction is to basically just bolt and leave and go back to being a smuggler running across the galaxy and, and kind of abandons Leia. What's your recommendation for a couple where the instinct is to run away uh, when when something happens, something that maybe is a little bit out of your control?
2: So I love this question and I love the reference. Thank God you gave me more background because I have watched a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen enough of this very big classic. Um, and it's so interesting to hear it broke it down this way. Um, yeah, so there's um there's this thing called attachment theory, which is really interesting. And in the- I can go into that as much or as little as you want. There's a bunch of books on it. There's a really simple book that I sometimes I don't always recommend it, but it just breaks it down pretty simply called Wired for Love. Um, but there's other books called like attachment. Um, and basically the concept is like Early on, this is a really simplistic way to describe it. Early on in our upbringing, often it's like a mother-child connection. We start to build um, a bond and we start to understand as a little kid how much um, we are going to get soothed or supported based on our parents, in this case, the mother's um, reaction and interaction with us. And we start to internalize that as the truth of the way all relationships and interactions are going to have, even if consciously we understand that that's not a truth. Um, and it doesn't have to be the mother; it can be father another uh, adult figure in your life. And um, we start to unconsciously play that out, basically, in other relationships as we even become adults—friendships and marriages, etc. So, what I would say for Luke is like, you know, oh, could have been Han, Han, Han. Luke's her Han, brother. Sorry, Harry. Yeah, <laughs> like, that would be very Han. weird.
3: <laughs> Luke and Leia are twins.
2: Thank <laughs> right, thank you. See, I told you I watched a little, but not enough to know. Okay, so. I'm, uh, this is heavily I,
1: based on the the maligned sequel series that I'm asking these questions. Though,
2: got so. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Um, uh, thanks for the understanding <laughs> for what I don't know. Um, so what I would say for Han is there probably was some intense understanding of abandonment or leaving when things got too intense or too dicey in the home, and that that is the safest way to recover. So they might have been used. He might have been used to you know a parent who was really cold or distancing or moved away or left. Well, um, he was like
1: an orphan so was, abandoned, like, you know, There you go. Uh, character. So
2: there you go. So then, then what ends up happening is he uses that we all do. We use our attachment patterns that we learn early on in our relationships as adults. So the goal as we get married or we have long-term partners is to find repair in that. So we get to a place of security rather than something that feels like it moves a lot. So the goal for. Han and Leia is to really find that repair of solid ground together. So what does Han need to know to feel safe returning and staying, even when things get scary and dicey? And then what does she need to communicate to him to say that that's like really important to her?
1: Oh, wow. So in the end, they do see each other one last time. Uh, and then his son yeah. murders him and then it's um, their son. Their, yeah, their son murders him. but at, But then oh, she plays a role in her dying moments to turn her son back to the good side and he reconciles with his father through a, like a spiritual moment and ends up helping uh, save the universe before but, he dies too.
3: But I wonder, shall, like, Very Shakespearean. I th- but like, do they have to be like divorced or whatever it is in the galaxy? I don't know what the legal term is out there, but like, like, is that the only way it kind of works that their son is evil? Like, I feel like, could they have stayed together and been this happy color and have an evil son? Like, I, I you know, I feel like they were, if they were going to make their the son evil, it's sort of like these two were doomed. And is there any scenario in the Star Wars universe that they were going to stay together? I think when we were kids and we watched the originals, we assumed that they would stay together.
1: Well, in the books, they stay together, just so you know. And, but they do have one kid that ends up a bad seed because of the genetic like predisposition of evil from the from the grandfather from Darth Vader.
3: And they do stay together.
1: I think so, yeah. I mean I don't really I mean I didn't I didn't read all those books and they've now been canceled out by Disney anyway. All right, let's get to our next couple.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one. So Duke of Hastings and Daphne.
1: What show is this? I have no idea and, what we're talking. About. And Daphne oh, So this Bridgerton. is like the
3: newest, like Molly. This is like the newest, hottest show on Netflix that everybody's. Okay, about called with. Bridgerton. It's called Bridgerton. It's no it takes place in.
0: But it's fun. Please, but it takes place in Regency England, which is the like eighteen hundreds, early eighteen
3: hundreds. I think.
0: I don't know. I think definitely the had to Wikipedia that. Uh, no nineteenth century. <laughs> it's the eighteen hundreds. No,
3: I. Isn't it before the 1800s? No, no, no. 1800s. Okay,
0: that's completely. I mean, it's not completely irrelevant, but it is relevant to the to the issue. So, Duke of Hastings and this young woman, Daphne Bridgerton, yada yada yada. They get married, but prior to getting married, like one of the big conflicts before they decide to get married is that he tells her he can't have children. So he doesn't want to marry her because that would like ruin her life if she, you know, if he would take that away from her, this ability to have a family. But she says, no, 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 I love you so much. I'm going to marry you even though you can't have children.
3: You are she enough also for Also, was like looking down the barrel of being like shunned from society if she didn't find a husband. So
0: it's a bit right. forced, so, but it was a bit like a they had very few basically the options where he was going to die in a duel or she was going to marry him. Right, like those were or the choices for her Or She'd be a
3: spinster. Like she was like, gonna no, to protect like her honor.
0: I mean, okay. So yeah. the point is they get married. He says, I, I can't have children. children. She goes, It's fine. This is better than nothing. Then they realize, you know, they love each other so much, and he's still so upset he's not gonna give her children. Um, and she's like, Listen, it's fine. I I have grown to love you enough, you're enough for me. She later finds out
3: how babies are made.
0: How babies are actually made. <laughs> Lily, who's telling this? You're me. You're so annoying. So <laughs> oh, my God. It's like having a conversation with mom. I'm sorry. Spend I spent too kn- much time with her.
1: But uh, I nodded off. What's happening?
0: I, I would tell you, Lily stopped interrupting. So basically, myself. they've been married for a little while now. And it comes to light that she doesn't know how babies are made. And it's not that he can't have children. It's that he won't get her pregnant but she doesn't know what babies are made so she just assumed he can't have kids she doesn't realize that he's like not finishing the deed and getting and like trying to get her pregnant um and this obviously causes like mass I mean this is like a massive issue can't he can't have children or he won't have children and I'm not going to tell you how things end but I'm curious what would your advice be on how to have this very awkward conversation of being like by the way, it turns out I didn't know how babies were made. By the way, you were telling this (laughs) massive lie to me. Like, how does one even approach that? Because I'm going to say it's not done in a healthy way. It's done in like a really, really bad way in the in the show. And I kept thinking to myself, I can't imagine how you would have this conversation in a productive way.
2: Okay, I can definitely break this down. I do have a clarifying question. I don't know if there's a way to be uh, like discreet in, in your explanation, but I'm sorry. What is the what is the reasoning that he is not willing to oh. have? Children? Oh, yeah. He so a he's promise. not. Lily. Sh-
0: sh- he hated his father. Hated his father, whose father's sole ambition in life was to have an heir. So on his father's deathbed, he swore, which back then was a very big deal. He swore People to his kept father their promises that he would never have children so as not to carry on the family line and the family name to punish his father. So it's pretty arbitrary. <laughs>
2: it's okay, point. so it's... How how candid could can I, I be in my question? No, you're very completely super candid. This is I, I was, Lily wants okay. to so note then,
1: that our podcast is I'm, okay. So to, to be explicit. clear,
3: I wait, I'm watching this with my mom, and she's just like, just break your stupid promise to your stupid dad and have sex
0: properly with that girl. <laughs> so he'll, they'll, they'll have the sex. TV. They'll have sex. Okay. He just pulls out. But he he yeah, and got he just it. like into yeah. a tissue. It's very got funny. It. it happens many <laughs> times. Got it.
1: Oh my <laughs> god, so, I'm definitely not watching this show with mom. i already watched
0: outland that's a whole other therapy session (laughs) lady.
2: (laughs) so wait so is that now her understanding of sex
0: until she finds it out later so she knows that you have sex and you have sex to have babies but she doesn't know like how i guess the baby part is made that that they need um as it's put in the show a strong seed a seed (laughs)
2: Oh, God. Got it. Got
0: it. Yeah, lots of layers on
2: this one. I'm gonna book an All appointment right, so... with Molly
1: after this to <laughs> process this episode.
2: Okay. So I would say, you know, the first thing to to do in any kind of really dicey conversation with your significant other is what I call a self date. So that's really sitting down and thinking to yourself, like, what are you trying to communicate? What is the main point that you have? Because if we don't, what ends up happening is we, I'm not we, like, most of the time, sometimes it happens a little more organized than this. um, It becomes like throwing spaghetti on the wall. So I always come to the reference of like, if you've ever watched like a news morning show, usually they have like what they're talking about at the footer and also behind them. So, you know, at all times, like right now we're talking about this event and here's pictures of this event. And so you're like so tuned in, even if you're just like looking and then moving away. And so what happens is like, we will talk to our partner about, let's use this example, right? Like, Uh, being confused and frustrated and um, shocked that there has been a lack of communication, but also do you not want to have sex with me? And also do you not want to have my kid? And also what does that mean about me and what you think of me in terms of having a child? And also is your dad more important than me? So like all of a sudden we've like splatter painted the discussion and we're not headlining anymore. So it's so important that we get super clear in our self-date of like what are our actual objectives, almost our bullet points in terms of what we wanna share with our significant others. So they can like zoom in, understand exactly where we're going and then respond to that. Now you don't have to pick just one, but you wanna like kind of go one at a time as paced as possible so you can get the insight from them and not just like spew and then get the last thing that you spoke of is what's responded to you. So I would recommend that Daphne does a self date <laughs> and write down <laughs> what is most distressing and obsess- uh, and upsetting about this uh, to her partner, and then also reflect on that. Like what is important to her regarding you know having a child, having sex. You know, for for a couple that you know uses I don't know the pull out method, like that might mean like a f- lead to a feeling of like less intimacy. Or another couple might be super relieved that they're not going to have pregnancy. So really figuring out like, what does it mean to you? That's the method we're using. And what do you ideally want? And that way you can talk about not only the themes that are coming up for you and each piece of distress, but where you want to go as a couple so that you meet in the middle, but like paced and slowly and also like giving him the time to think about how he wants to respond to each one without giving him the out to not communicate because again we're talking about betrayal of trust in one level that really there was like a omission um even if it was to right. be protective and so like he's also got to do right. some serious work in terms of how to communicate more openly and honestly
3: right because I think in the end it comes down to the the trust and the betrayal because she was like I would have been fine not having kids but you snuck you totally like sneak attack that like made it seem yeah. like it biologically wasn't possible. Well. That's not yeah forthcoming.
2: Yeah, huh? and then like what else yeah. becomes not true from him? You know?
3: Exactly, sure. it becomes exactly. the whole thing. Exactly. Um, well, I'm curious what you're gonna think about season two because they end up, the sh- like this season uh, one ends with them having a baby. No, they, they end up having a baby, but like, but like the choosing on their baby. baby. Choosing to have a baby, but I wonder if like he's gonna have some. I don't.
0: I don't think they're like a big part. I feel like the season two focuses on like um, other characters. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I read. Well, we'll have kids based on books next season. Anyway, that was a good one.
1: All right, Lily, we we gotta. I don't know how much time. Well, I think we
0: can scrap the last one. Sure. Yeah, we can. The last
1: one, just you know, people can think about themselves uh he's he's a he's a tough guy she's a very um proper young lady from australia they some are loving we're having a blast uh,
3: my question a, my question, question it, it. Are, is Africa. danny
0: and are danny and sandy still together from greece
3: definitely not <laughs> you don't think so mom I, feel like we could like, just, mom I feel like i feel like of we could just do are. a
0: poll. no they're not together I don't know. I want to know what Molly thinks. People who are opposites could be together. Who can keep up that charade so long of those outfits she has to wear and the perm and the makeup <laughs> and like, the smoking? She doesn't even All smoke. Right.
1: All right. All right. Let's go to our shout outs and recs, What we've been watching, what we think is good, what we think is not good, our, our, our buys, our rents, our mes. Lily, what have you been up to?
3: Um. So, a good friend of mine, uh, shout out to Josh Ashraf the
1: um former uh, guest s-
3: former guest cinematographer filmmaker uh commercial, music, video director. music video director all around wonderful childhood friend um was adamant that i watched the morning show um Ooh. bringing this back to jen aniston okay um which most things should come back to jennifer aniston and um he was like, it's the production value. He's like, you got to watch it. It's like beautifully done. Like in terms of like the production of a show, he's like, the story is good. And at the end, I'm not sure I like the ending, but he was like, I just think as like an example. And so uh, I've been watching it. Mom loves it. She is super into it. And um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued enough. I think when you get to watch a show with such amazing acting, Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, uh, it's a joy to watch caught up like, Ugh, he's like a on, weird manipulative up. weirdo in it and he's like definitely the bad guy but he's so good looking that I keep being like mom he's not that bad and she's like that's <laughs> what's what, it's not normal Lily and I'm like it's not my fault his face looks like that anyway so I've been watching that um and finishing up uh Cobra Kai cause nervous because all of his students have already watched it <laughs> because it's about martial arts <laughs> and he's like i don't know the ending i don't want anybody to tell you we haven't finished the ending of season three and i was like well that's on you, man yeah um, less surfing
1: so at this good. point if you don't know what happened i mean nothing and i mean nothing see, really happens at the end of that Nothing happens. that that season like is like a prequel last last to a better five season
0: better. yeah i'm um, obviously season, not boring. gonna
3: get into this i want to shout out to um kenard because
1: kenard raymond another one of our amazing repeat guests
3: amazing repeat guests she's just so fantastic i watched the show lovecraft country months later than you guys i couldn't like that's i just couldn't keep up with like well i mean you nearly
1: died during that period like you yeah
3: i had a speaking
1: of childbirth and stuff like thank god you're okay like you didn't have time to watch that show
3: i did yeah and i i missed that i missed a bunch of episodes of the podcast and i'm and um so I was not able to, like, and that's a show you really need to, like, invest time and energy in. I finally finished it. I wish so badly I had a whole podcast to talk about it. There's so much there. But I re- highly recommend if anybody has watched the show and is listening to this and you've not heard Shy and Becky and Ken Nard's episode about that show, go back and listen. Because I literally, like, it was a learning experience.
1: Oh, you listening- so kind. Oh, so your rec you. is an episode of our own podcast yes. that you weren't my on? Yes, my
3: is you. the Lovecraft Country episode of this podcast. I watched the whole show. I set up, I listened to the episode, and I literally like, was like taking notes. And I consider myself having done cultural, like my degrees in cultural studies, and be a very analytical person, and enjoy consuming pop culture. I get it. But then, then listening to other people talk about this show from a different perspective, from her perspective, your guys was like mind blown at how much was there and how important um, I actually think the show is. It's, it's too bad that it's in like a very horror type genre because not a lot of, maybe a lot, not everybody. It's, it's like right for everybody. Um, but it was fantastic, fantastic. I do, like I do want fantastic. videos of
1: mom reacting to all of the horror scenes.
3: Mom, I, so my husband loves horror. My mom hates horror, but she didn't want to miss the fun. She like her level of FOMO was bigger than her fear of, of terror, like horror stuff. So she basically would sit on the couch, cover her eyes and go, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw (laughs) up. This is so scary. Then she'd go into the kitchen and shout from the kitchen. Tell me everything that's happening. (laughs) I think she liked Um, it in the end.
1: It's, it's, it's 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 a cool show. All right, yeah. Beck, what are you watching?
0: So I have been watching so many good movie previews. I don't have the energy to watch the whole movie yet, but I am so excited to see One Night in Miami and to see uh, Promising Young Woman. Those are like well, the Promising two Young previews.
1: Promising Young Woman looks very cool. Alison Brie. Promising Young Woman looks very No, good. it's um, Carrie it's Mulligan.
0: Carrie Mulligan.
1: Alison Brie isn't in that?
0: Oh, she Maybe is in, it. in, it, is in yeah. it, but, the but main she's not the main character. The main oh. character is Carrie Mulligan. Um, and when I really want to see One Night in Miami, um, but it's like, it's two hours long. And I just like, I rarely have two full hours. What's One so I Night in Miami about? That's the Regina King directed film oh, with like, cool. awesome. yeah. The one that's like, yeah. So I'm really excited to do that. I can't wait to see her as a director. I mean, it's, she seems so exciting. Jesus. Um. So I don't really have the stamina to watch like a full two-hour film. So I'll have to break it up. But I've been watching great movie previews. And honestly, just at the end of the day, I put on like a half an hour of psych. Like I don't even watch a full episode. Like I keep, I watch them in chunks. And it just like shuts down the system. I have a lovely night's sleep. Um so I'm, still butter really snaps. Enjoying, I'm just the enjoying those, like, down. the nickname. I mean, so I'm not kidding. That uh so I just watch old episodes of that and it it really helps with that nighttime anxiety. So uh that's where I'm at.
1: Molly, how about you? <laughs> Is there are you watching anything? Are are you reading anything? Oh.
2: I <laughs> I have rewatched. I'll tell you what I recently rewatched. I recently rewatched Killing Eve, which I Ooh, really no. enjoyed. Uh, yeah. All so I, I really enjoyed or? it. I've seen all three seasons. I just rewatched like two episodes. Like I said, I don't watch a ton of TV. I do like watching psych though. That is part of
0: my nighttime routine so, periodically. <laughs> exactly. uh, st- uh, so Promising Young Woman is by the executive producer of Killing Eve. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. like the same creative. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought okay. I thought the whole show was genius, and even like that's an interesting love story.
3: We could talk. about all the time. Yeah, that's.
1: I never I got to season two though. Is it? Is there three I'm, full I'm seasons, on season and it's three. over, yeah. or is there a fourth? Yeah. season?
3: Yeah. no, I don't. I don't think it's over.
2: Okay. I think COVID was like the reason why they slipped, like just put out season three. I'm not even sure if they like fully filmed it. Like they just like made whatever they had work, I believe. And so I think TBD pending COVID.
1: Very cool. All right. So for yeah. me, my first recommendation this is like a very lily recommendation i started this is i started watching the night stalker documentary limited series on uh, netflix yeah.
3: did you wow you're going wow. to a dark place you're like
1: two episodes in and ali and i last He's night like so, it's so at, bad at I don't even, sec- I,
3: i'm hiding like when netflix comes up for preview i just put a piece of stick like a a, a post-it on that one because I'm afraid my husband's going to see it and make me watch it. So
1: we're in the second episode. First of all, it's filmed really, really well. It's almost like- It's gruesome. And I don't like documentaries. You know, they're the books of movies and TV shows. But this one, I was just in the mood for it. Last night, (laughs) as we finished the episode, we went around and checked the locks on every single window in the house. That's like- It's intense. That one- scaring the life out of us and it's amazing and it's a true story and the and the and the detectives who are part of the story are interviewed throughout and i i don't know anything i don't know how it resolves but like this is the real life bosh totally. like if you like bosh this is totally the ending. real this must this must be what bosh is based on like these types of okay well these types have of to do la it. detectives i feel
3: like you're Truth are daring me. No, they're no, like I'm daring, not trying to dare you. <laughs> you.
1: You should watch it. Like, this is my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Becky, i one hundred percent. see this. No, mom
3: for sure, is I'm not mom's not gonna it.
1: And then I'll just continue what's becoming sort of like, I would say is now like the Dana DiLorenzo saga on our podcast. So oh, as you recall, yes. last week I, I did not. the cameo live thing with the kids. And then this week I had had the pre-scheduled the Wizard World um, meet and greet with her. And so I debated a lot, like, oh, like it's a meet and greet. Should I ask her to be on the podcast? She'd already sort of agreed for my older daughter who'd invited her. And so I had my two minutes with her. I was set up in the booth and... First of all, she didn't like entirely recognize me because she said I looked less like a dad and more like a college student. And she's very, very funny. Uh, I think she will fit in very well with our family because she's constantly throwing zingers. And I did invite her to be on the show and I hope she was joking, but she was like, wow, i trying to steal your kid's guest. I said, no, 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 no. You can be a guest with, our, with my daughter first, but then we'd love to have you on the regular show. And and then I told her that we love Perpetual Grace Limited and that we really want to talk to her about it's a that. very she cool show she will talk to us about that when and if she does the show so uh, I have sent her the information, ideally, um, Danny Lorenzo, sometime in 2021 if we're lucky, uh, will spend a little bit of time with us she's definitely one of my favorite actors, uh, and I feel that I've gotten to chat with her a couple of times, but it would be so much fun to have her on the show, right? Don't you think she would have so much fun being part of this family, Molly? You don't know who she is, but
2: anyone would have a good time being part of this family and chatting with the three of you. It is a joy and a half.
1: <laughs> well, with that, Definitely. we will talk about uh, where people can follow people. Molly, remind people where should people follow you, uh, and and listen to the amazing things you're doing, or like hire you to help you. help them work through their their stuff
2: for sure so follow me on instagram at more with molly m-o-l-l-i-e and throw me a dm just say friday and i'll know you came from here and i'm happy to throw some Mm -hmm. amazing resources that i have uh your way so that's the best way to connect with me
1: oh that's amazing and and i say molly's instagram alone gives so much amazing advice it's fantastic becky where can people follow you
0: at paper bk princess on twitter
1: and Lily at Chi
3: Chichi, Chi C H I C H I K Gomez with a Z on Twitter.
1: Could you Wait, I'm also on. House, at more, Becky
3: and, I'm on I'm, and I'm on, on
0: Clubhouse at, at Becky Pamela. That's right. You he's my middle name.
1: So I'm
0: on Clubhouse mysterious.
3: as my real name. Chi I'm just kidding. That's not my name as Lily L.A.L.Y. Quamin.
0: My children think it's your name.
3: I know because Lily's you told childhood them because, because because you told them it was my name. Yeah, that's why they Tia think Chichi. it's my name. Tia Chichi. I'm the only kid without a middle name in the family, and I guess I had that Cuban influence. But when I was very little, I na- I thought that that would be an appropriate middle name for myself. <laughs> Love and it. Then, that and then and Lily Lily's husband's life. Husband's name. But we have to husband.
0: actually give our cousin Shelly credit for reviving the Chi Chi because chi-chi. there were many years, decades where it wasn't used. And she is the one that has consistently first called you as Lily Chi Chi. So she yeah, she really brought it back to life. It, like yeah. you make one you make one mistake when
3: you're like four <laughs> and you can't live it down. It, Not it. in this family. <laughs>
1: And you can follow me at pancake for table pancake and the number four and then table on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. You can follow all of the Friday night movie shenanigans at fry night movie uh on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviepod.com. A huge thank you to our guest, Molly Eliasov, who is Thank amazing. you.
3: Thank you for humoring us.
1: And um, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> as uh in case anybody noticed, we talked about this a little bit last week with democracy under assault, uh Check out the
3: not uh, the name of a movie that is no, literally no, actual real life
1: actual happening. Check out the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative, two organizations our family supports. Uh, they are doing amazing work, uh, on, on uh, building and strengthening our democracy here at home. Again, the work doesn't just stop with the elections, as everyone can see and especially with respect to voting rights, which are really important. And uh, with that, the theme music kicks in in post-production. We dance our way into the afternoon and we say our bye-byes. Bye, everybody. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.
3: I'll be there in a sec, but I said I have a heart out, otherwise Molly would have to charge us like for <laughs> this <right>. session.
1: <laughs> That's right. Come be on I'm our I'm on show, mute, but do Molly doesn't realize
0: before. how much we love therapy. Therapy. <laughs> love yeah.
1: That. I mean all Eddie, three of us. All of
0: it. It doesn't matter what kind. We'll just do it. Yeah, we, we do. Love it